0: just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com forward slash fm 24 You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore. AI safety and security it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit hackerone.com slash AI safety security. Again, hackerone.com slash AI safety security. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort based trainings. Today on the show, we talk to Teju Owoye of The Salt Group. In six months, she's built a million-dollar business using viral loops and growth hacks. And today, she's here to tell us that story and teach us how we can do it ourselves. So stay tuned. We'll get right into the interview. Welcome to Rocketship.fm podcast where we explore startups from funding to growth from culture to sales and everything in between i'm michael saka i'm mike belcido
1: and i'm joelle goldman
0: really excited to have you on today to talk about some growth
1: yes excited as well thanks michael (laughs) really (laughs) excited to be here (laughs) absolutely
0: yeah um so tell me tell me a bit give me the high level um for for the salt group which you've built
1: Sure, sure. So we are a growth marketing, or some people say performance-based marketing agency. So we take what a traditional agency does—the creative uh, marketing strategy—and then we fuel that into what you know a, a dev shop. Does so. We're we're looking at what I call our growth cycles, and identifying the key traction channels to help a company hit a growth trajectory, um, and all for you know the the least spends. So we're trying to optimize ROI through a series of experiments. So long story short, when I try to explain that to my friends, I'm like, think of us as like a marketing lab. We're trying to figure out you know what are the perfect mixes in order for you to. Attract and convert the most customers.
0: So, is there like is there a methodology behind this? Do you have several channels that you often test, and then you're narrowing down to two, or how how does it work?
1: Yes, absolutely, a great question. So, where we typically start is um, we start with the persona mapping. So, a brand will come to us and say, "Hey, listen, I want to really work with millennial women entrepreneurs, or I want to expand in this marketplace, or I'm a new company starting from ground zero. Who will be my ideal customers? I have some type of idea and I've done that market research. But I want to understand how to attract and convert them uh, in the easiest, fastest and most effective way. And then I want to make that a sustainable system. Uh, so we have a five step process that we use and it's you know a series of algorithms. It is also uh, a whole bunch of testing across traction channels. So there's about 25 Different traction channels that we're we're across, and by traction channel, I mean things like Facebook ads, your Google ads, looking at your SEO, um, how your search engine marketing is is uh, you know kind of optimizing and configured, uh, all the way to uh, you know some offline stuff as well, so events, um, you know, looking at experiential marketing programs. So we're trying to back into for that persona, where are they online, where are they offline, and what's the easiest way for us to attract and convert them for us to uh, get them interested in the product, and then also play upon what their intrinsic motivations are. Um, And that's really the most powerful thing that we do in that persona stage, Um, you know, understanding people's intrinsic motivations, so that we can build out that step, which we call a conversion journey, in order to get them from, you know, hey, I'm, I'm hearing about this product to wow, I can't believe that I'm not engaged with this yet and I've gotta have this because it solves a key problem Um, and then let's convert them. And then also after that, continue to engage and turn them into these raving fans where they can't wait to refer the product, the platform or the service to their network. And that's really where the sustainability really comes into place. When you've got raving fans who say, hey, I know five people in my network who really could use this product or platform. I'm going to tell them about it. It creates this viral loop and the sustainable funnel where a brand, you know, pays for a little bit of ads and they've already got a conversion journey set up that helps them to win all the way throughout.
0: So it sounds like it goes deeper than, you know, I need a broom. Here's an ad for a broom where, right. where you're going deeper into the persona. Take me there to, explain to me a little bit about what you're what you're doing at that stage to go beyond product to product marketing.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You know, we want to, and you think about like why people are buying products. And my background, specifically, I I spent a lot of time studying behavioral economics. Um, I've been always fascinated by consumer behavior. Um, And pre-starting Salt Group, just to give some context, I was actually building incentive programs for Fortune 500 companies. So uh, I was going into uh, these big organizations and figuring out how we could motivate their population to live a healthier life, and then setting up these incentive triggers and gamifying that entire experience in order to get more people to engage um, in a sustainable way over time, and then for them to improve their key biometrics. So, um, you know, we're doing like walking campaigns, different challenges, integrating with a whole bunch of different other vendors to create these systems in this program. So when I started Salt, I was really fascinated about how the levers and the mechanics of how that that worked Um, and, you know, really understanding the root root why behind why people are purchasing products, why people are engaged and why people love brands. Um, And that's really the core of our persona work. So we're looking at someone, um, you know, we use an algorithm internally that actually scrapes data from a variety of different sources. And it sounds a little sketchy, but, you know, we're following people online pretty much. You know, we're following people and understanding people. And it's it's funny when I go into a new account, I'm like, hey, guys, just bear with us. This seems a little weird. Uh, we're going to, like, look at your people. We're going to also find new people um, who are your potential customers. And we're going to do a bit of, like, detective work to figure out, you know, who are their influencers online? Like, what podcasts are they listening to? What conferences? Do they go to what tw- uh, Twitter accounts are they really the most interested and engaged with? What were their last purchases? Like we're really getting down to um, hardcore data to understand that consumer behavior. And then also, what typically is their path of conversion? Um, and then once they convert, what does that post engagement look like? And I think that that's something that a lot of brands fall off on. They're like, okay, great, we got the customer like on to the next. Um, you know. We're focused on is what happens after you get the customer and how do you turn that person into a referral partner, an evangelist for your product. Um, so that persona work, we're mapping all of these different data points and we'll typically start off with about four different personas, um, different age, socioeconomic backgrounds, demographics, psychographics, um, and then we're mapping a conversion journey that's really unique to that person. So instead of, as you're saying, you know, Facebook ad, riot broom, we're saying okay we know that this person is at this conference they really love reading ink articles and they're following this author online let's figure out how we can get engaged at that level so that the brand is omnipresent to that person and that that consumer and create this experience where we're feeding them customized content along the way through emails you know through ads Uh, you know, through the keywords that we're targeting, so on and so forth. So this person feels like the brand is speaking to them in a really authentic way.
0: So uh, what kind of tools are you using for that? I mean, there's a lot of data like available, (laughs) but how do you organize it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we are we. We're, I'm a tool junkie myself, so <laughs> I feel like, you know, I'm like, oh, what's this or what's this tool or, uh, you know, there's a ton of different things that we're looking at. So we have internally we we fill out, um, you know, a, a custom dashboard that's, um, you know, built off of some custom API integrations that feeds in data for us, so that we're actually looking at a snapshot and it kind of helps us to narrow in. Uh, on specifically where we need to focus for that brand. However, there's a ton of just consumer facing and, and company facing and agency facing tools that anyone can use that we still actually do look at because it has a lot of powerful data. So things like Charlie, uh, there's a great app called Charlie. They also have a desktop platform where you can enter someone's information, uh, their email address or their name, and you get a whole you know, kind of like bio of everything that they're doing online. So where they mention, what articles, uh, you know, did they share online, gives you context on their background, what other companies that they've worked in, it pulls in some LinkedIn data. So it's really powerful snapshot that I recommend anyone use, you know, whether you're a salesperson that's a prospecting, you know, a marketer looking to to have more meaningful engagements in your conversion journey. Charlie's a really great tool. Um, We're also looking at Hotjar. Um, I love Hotjar, just the heat maps have such powerful data in them. Understanding, you know, kind of where where the key places that users are clicking and then what are some pain points and opportunities. Um, you know, also we get, we're mapping the conversion rates through Hotjar. So that's another great tool. Um, there's like a Twitter, uh, you know, kind of algorithm. It's Twitonomy, I think it's pronounced. That's a great one that we use. I mean, we're looking... We're pulling in tool, like, data from so many different tools, um, you know, and then also like leveraging our own algorithm. We, we have a, a dashboard called Salt Dash um, and that dashboard allows us to get, you know, that data into one place. So, uh, you know, it, it, the great thing is that information is just so readily available. I mean, even just looking on LinkedIn, you can get a lot of information about what people are interested in uh, and start to like build a story. I think the story is really key. What are they interested in? Why? Um, and, and you know what has prompted them to get to a certain point and what are the their what are they struggling with? Um, and that's what I get interested in. And my team gets, we have growth strategists on our team. They get really interested in the, you know, what are people struggling with question and how can we solve that through through marketing um, and, and also products. So how can the the marketing communicate that the product really quickly is going to solve that problem, um, in the most meaningful way.
0: Very nice. Yeah. So, um, which is, this is something that all businesses should be doing. It's just, it's hard to have the time always to dedicate to it. Um, so what have you seen in, in the space, um, have you seen any any trends, or there there people that you generally work with because you you know how their demographic works, um, or right. is this kind of across the board?
1: You know, it's we have clients across the board, everything from uh, you know brick and mortar cycling studios to software as a service platforms um, and apps, uh, you know, all sorts of different types of companies. I will say my background is in software as a service, so I love SaaS platforms. I mm. love community building. Uh, you know, creating companies that really capitalize on that network effect because the viral loops become really powerful um, in those types of settings. Uh, But, you know, any business, small businesses, you know, for example, um, actually, my sister owns a bakery and we were testing some viral loops and persona marketing with with her bakery. And, you know, it was so interesting to see how we could set up sustainable referral systems with The bakery. So, you know, hey, if you purchase a cake and you bring on someone, you know, it's just as simple as that. If you bring on someone else to purchase a cake, we're going to give you an additional discount. Um, And a lot of brands that they're going through building out, you know, small businesses to big businesses, they're building out their marketing strategy. They're forgetting that part that, you know, people like to buy from people they know and trust. Um, you know, consumers are, and I forget the exact statistic, but it's like 90% on up more likely to purchase from someone that they know mm-hmm. or to take a product recommendation from someone that's a first degree connection. Um, and that is a really, that's why influencer marketing has become such a big thing, which we also do as well as attraction channel. Um, but that is a really powerful thing to remember. So, you know, we, I think about when someone tells me about a new restaurant, I'm automatically like, hmm, I got to go check that out. Whereas when I see a banner ad, I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. (laughs)
0: I'm
1: like, on to the next, or like on to doing something else. Yeah, Um, yeah. With, you know, how can we create those, those, you know, in-person referrals in an online and offline way but you know it's got to come through incentives um, people are motivated by incentives that play upon their intrinsic motivation um, you know so if we, we find that we've got a cohort of personas that are really really interested in being influencers and being the one that you know talks about the hottest restaurant the coolest nightclub whatever it may be um, we're trying to find ways to help them be that person but then also to get rewarded for doing that. Uh, you know, and and it's, it's powerful across any type of business. Um, it is just doing the due diligence, and you you can start small. You can start with one persona. Um, and I always tell companies, look at your top sales, uh, you know, sales the people that you have bought the most of your product, your sales data, and look at the top people. Uh, also understand, you know, what are your top products, and if you can find out who that person is, who's buying the most, who's your VIP customer. Um, Take a look at their attributes, where they're from, what, you know, what what background, uh, you know, what their income level is, and try to replicate that into, um, you know, local as like Facebook ads calls it, look like audiences, and find more people who are like that online, and just even starting there um, is a really powerful way to quickly win new customers and new business, and to to start building out that sustainable
0: marketing system. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Now. Back to the show. All right, cool. Yeah, so take me through the, the five steps for using viral loops and growth marketing hacks. Absolutely.
1: So the first thing which we talked about earlier is just the persona mapping. So really getting clear on who your personas are, uh, where they are, how old they are, all the demographic, psychographic data, and, and getting that mapped. We actually document that and put it on a whiteboard in our office so okay. that we can really understand the people that we're working with then we map out that conversion journey so based on what we learned in that persona mapping what are the key touch points that we need to hit where do we need to hit them when what emails do we need to send out what is the tone what is the imagery so we're mapping all of that and you know coming up with this uh you know sequential steps so we need to send them an email maybe there needs to be a phone call outreach um, let's maybe do an exclusive influencer dinner with a couple of people that were really trying to convert, uh, you know, really the sky's the limit, but it's gotta be meaningful th- for that persona. Uh, and then we map that out and then automate it as much as possible, especially, uh, through email marketing. Okay. I'm a big fan, even for small businesses, a lot of people, when they start off, they'll go right away to, uh, you know, just like a tactical email send platform like uh MailChimp, which is, which is great in some respects. But automated email, uh, the platforms help to, to make this a lot easier. So I'll move companies, even small businesses, right away to active campaign mm-hmm. or an Infusionsoft or Marketo or a HubSpot um, so that you can do predictive analysis and then also sequential emails based on action. So, for example, if you have a persona that you find out every time they click on Contact Us, that means that they're interested and they need to you know, get some type of response with maybe an link to it via email, these systems will handle that automatically for you. So you're not manually looking up those people. So we'll do that next. Um, and then we develop the viral loop. That's the third step in the process. So we're trying to figure out what is the biggest value? Um, you know, At what point are people actually unlocking the value in your service, your platform, your product? Um, if it's your product, it's, it is the product itself. And then we're implementing some type of gate right before they unlock that value to get them to refer a friend to be a part of the product program and platform to put more people into your conversion funnel and more people on that journey. Uh, so right at that you know pre point we're saying hey a pop up you know we'll, we'll integrate a pop up or we'll send an email or you know do a phone outreach hey for you to get more value or for you to unlock that value refer a friend or post on social media. Um, you know, I think about, like, the Dropbox phenomenon where they were, uh, you know, when they first launched, it was, you know, hey, tweet that you love Dropbox or share with friends in order to unlock more, um, you know, space. So that's a really powerful way to create that sustainable marketing system so that when you do spend money on ads, you know that once people get to a certain point, they're automatically referring you to their network and unlocking more customers. Um, then the fourth step are traction tests. So once we get all that set up, uh, then we're going into you know, those 25 traction channels. Like, what is the channel that we need to? hit? Where do we need to hit the persona? Um, you know, do we need to run a YouTube video ad? Do we need to be at this event? Um, uh, you know, what are the most effective and cost-efficient traction channels at the top of the funnel that we can implement? And then we start testing those uh, to see which work. And we typically will focus just on three. So, uh, you know, we, we were running a campaign for a new platform. Uh, that we just helped a client launch and we found out that a combination of facebook ads plus actually doing smaller events um, and affiliate marketing was the most effective uh, attraction channel so we're only focused there and using that as a way to attract those personas and drive them through the conversion journey and then we really hone in on channel focus so we'll uh, you know further focus look at the data see what's performing focus on one at that point and then dump all of our budget. So like make the biggest bet in that one uh, so that we're quickly moving through uh, getting as mo- as many people as possible until that, that channel starts to peter out. So you'll, you'll be able to see when we look at the reports, okay, hey, we're not getting as many conversions after a month or two. Now let's implement maybe the second best channel um, and then focus our budget here. And that allows us to move through this whole process, we call it a, a growth cycle. That allows us to iterate and move through those growth cycles really, really quickly, but then net the highest ROI in the most efficient way.
0: Very nice. Yeah. And and then it's kind of a rinse and repeat. Exactly. Um, so you yep. could either go back to step four or step one, depending on where exactly. you're at. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And y- yep. So, you know, with our clients, we map out, you know, just like uh, developers do in, their agile development. So we say, hey, this is, you know, here are the channels we're focusing on for this growth cycle. We're going to do one, two, and three. Take a look at the results. Then let's go all the way on three. Let's make the biggest bet there. Um, And maybe it's Facebook ads, for example. Let's double down our spend there and do a land grab to get as many people through the funnel and convert as many as possible. And then, you know, maybe after a month or two, that's that's starting to, uh, you know, fizzle out. Then let's go back to step four and figure out you know, maybe the next best thing was an affiliate program. Let's really focus there and put a ton of spend there to get the most, you know, most affiliates on board and the most customers in their network and really focus. And I think that the focus is critical. Um, you know, a lot of cus- customers are doing too many things, but not spending enough. Uh, you know, so I would say focus on what's working and, and like put your money there, um, you know, make the biggest bet there. Uh, because when you're doing ten different things, but you're maybe spending you know a thousand dollars here, you know a hundred here, you're not going to get that effect, um, you know, as quickly. And then you'll start spinning your wheels and wasting a ton of dollars. Yeah. Uh, you know, over time.
0: Very nice. And you actually grew your business this way. You started with a hundred dollars, and in, <laughs> in six months you had a six-figure company. Um, yes. Tell me about that. That that there, there's a story there. So.
1: Oh, the- There is such a story. So, uh, you know, I am, I love entrepreneurship. I'm always hacking. I was the person, uh, you know, from the age of five, we used to, uh, you know, do plays uh, with my family or super close. So they always like throw these plays and have my parents come and I would charge them to come to the play. Like like always be closing. I was always trying to sell something, you know, right. Even to my own family, so we, you know it's, just, it's like the long running joke, and I've just been fascinated with you know how do we how do we like make products you know how do we create things and um, you know went and worked in corporate America for a long time worked in insurance you know got hired away to work for a couple wellness companies ended up in tech at a you know was one of the first employees at a company uh, I was employee like twelve at a company called Limeade. Um, and that was my first startup experience. So, you know, before that was in the big Fortune 500 companies used to the corporate credit card and, uh, you know, went to the tech startup where it was like literally me in a room of developers and our founding team, you know, kind of like hacking and working in the back end of the system, trying to sell customers. It was like this crazy experience for me, but it ignited this passion that, that you know, had kind of gone latent since I had worked in corporate America, this passion to create, to build, to be at the forefront of something, um, and started tinkering then. I actually went to a tech incubator called Founder Institute, um, and started tinkering on different business ideas and testing. uh, And started an e-commerce site called Tosoto. Um, It's still up and running, but uh, that was my first big jump into entrepreneurship. Left my corporate job um, at the startup in order to work full-time in this e-commerce business. And going into, I was super naive about entrepreneurship. I think I still, you know, even though I'd worked at a startup, I was still very much like, oh, there's someone to, there's going to be someone to do this and manage the website and talk about trial by fire. I mean, I like quickly went broke, uh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like through a great launch party in San Diego for this company I had like no sales. Like I just, was, you know, clueless about how to run a startup. And it was so so painful at the time, but it was exactly what I needed when I looked back on it. I mean, I learned in and out about lean testing. You know, I, I started to, as things were quickly spiraling with this company, I was like, wow, we're not selling any products. I have no clue what I'm doing or how to do this. You know, I didn't go into it with mentors, which is like one of the things that any entrepreneur that I, I work with or speak with now, I'm like, you've got to get mentors. Talk to people who've already done what you want to do. Um, so that you can save years um, and a ton of expensive mistakes. Right. (laughs) know, tons of expensive mistakes that will leave you, you know, wondering what happened to your Wells Fargo account. (laughs) You know, know, so, uh, you know, just learned a ton. And I started to quickly educate myself by reading. I mean, I was, you know, I spent one summer, this is probably about three, four years ago at this point, just voraciously reading books, like anything I could get my hands on. I was reading like Lean Startup, Eric Reese, uh, you, you know, like Mindset Books, Thinking You Grow Rich, Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, I was like really in a how to be an entrepreneur 101 boot camp, yeah. getting as much information as possible so I could understand the mechanics. I think that there's an art and a science to starting a business. Um, so, uh, you know, anyway, what happened was I was running out of money. I needed to make money fast, and I got hired as a consultant to work for an ad agency. Um, to work on some of their bigger accounts like Starbucks and Lipton and Aquafina and um, came in to do a bit of copywriting and also some behavioral analysis to reach some niche markets okay. and sat at this agency, you know, getting paid well finally, eating snacks and thinking like, wow, this is this is the life, yeah, you know, like I'm I'm coming up with ideas and getting paid to do this. This is super cool. However, you know, where is the data? You know, how are we tracking those campaigns that we're running? And this agency was more on the creative side, so there wasn't really that. And I was like, wouldn't it be interesting? One of the things I always loved in working with um, devs at my startup uh, was these agile sprints. So I was like, wouldn't it be interesting if we took some of these amazing creative ideas, found ways to link them back um, so that we could we could uh, implement trackable, measurable data and results, and then did it in a way that was based on you know this agile sprint philosophy. So we okay. could quickly test something in a month, and then iterate if it wasn't working. And that's how I started Sol and literally started just cold calling customers, did some persona work myself and started, you know, kind of magically emailing the right content at the right time for some people that I had identified needed some growth help. Um, So it was like scanning articles and had RSS feeds set up um, where I was able to see, you know, if a company was, was struggling with growth, I would magically email them, hey, I saw this article that, you know, you're... Uh, you know, kind of in a flat trend right now. Here are some ideas I have for you. And I I really came from a place of giving and service. So I gave away a lot of information, which, uh, you know, it can be people are like, oh, you've got to wait until you make the sale. You know, I want to educate to demonstrate value right away. Um, And that's what helped me to close my first customers.
0: So um, take me through that a little bit more. Who were the first personas that you pursued?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the first personas, um, and and the way I did this, I was like, you know, I've already lost so much money in another business. I want to to make sure too that. And I, you know, I had a really profound turning moment. I had, I have a mentor who is an alum, um, at, I finally got a mentor as I was, you know, kind of struggling through to Soto and, um, you know, he's like, "Hey, you know what? With your current e-commerce business, you're not really solving anyone's problems." And I was like, "Oh, yikes!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> no wonder this is not working and this feels so hard. A good and mentor, he's like, though. There. <laughs> <you know? laughs> he's like, "I hate to break it to you," <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, I should have probably talked to you two years ago." Um, but okay, you know, <laughs> let me now now think about how I can pivot and actually build a business. Where people have a glaring need, where, like, the need expressed somewhere in a, in a very concrete way. Mm. Um, because I didn't have a lot. I had, like, $100 to start this thing. And, um, you know, what I started to do when I was crafting salt was, you know, hey, why don't I go to looking at job posting? So I was actually, like, spending time scanning Craigslist and Indeed um, and, you know, uh, LinkedIn job posts. Uh, to find out who was hiring, was anyone hiring for like this growth marketing role? Was anyone looking for, uh, you know, senior marketing leadership? Uh, did anyone just fire an agency? Uh, so I set up all these RSS feeds, uh, and then I was actually backing into the people who had like, what I call now a lukewarm le- uh, lukewarm lead who had expressed some type of interest, and I was doing a ton of research on those people to develop those personas. So the first couple were, um, you know, combination of software as a service companies who had let go of their CMO, um, because there's actually data that shows that within the first three months, Of a CMO's tenure at a new company, that's when they're hiring a new agency. Uh, So trying to understand like where are those CMOs, uh, you know, looking? How are they vetting agencies? Where are they online? What conferences are they at? So I could go to those conferences, Um, and then also I was also interested in smaller local businesses in Los Angeles. So there was a couple of you know because my background's in health and wellness, I was looking at you know smaller boutique fitness chains because boutique uh, fitness, especially in LA at the time and still is, was exploding. So it's like, wow, there's a great market opportunity there. Why don't, because I know that space, um, why don't I look for those companies? And it was typically uh, the persona ended up looking something like, you know, a company with, uh, or a chain studio with maybe two or three locations. Um, They have one person in marketing uh, that, you know, has been trained traditionally. They don't understand growth hacks. Uh, they, they need to, in order to raise the next round of of funding to keep their studio chains growing or to franchise, they need some serious growth quickly. And I, you know, I kind of knew the hacks that they needed in order to get to that point. And I would email them just enough information to pique their interest Mm. and to get that meeting.
0: Right. It's like you, I know what you need to do. You could do it on your own. Or you could have, you could have that me do it for you, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I mean, and it's the same sale for software um, because you could build it on your own, or you could just pay me, you know, fifty, hundred dollars a month and use mine, um, mm-hmm. which is a great a great um, call to action there. Right, exactly. So. Um, well, well, thank you so much for for coming on here. Um, where can we keep up with you and and the work that you're doing with Salt?
1: Absolutely. So you can head over to SaltGroup.com, our website. Follow us on social media. Um, we're at Salt Group across all channels. Um, and then me, I'm at Teju TV. I host a YouTube show uh, where I talk about less hacks and you know how to do more and uh, how to do less and live more. So Mm. you can go to at Teju underscore TV and get all the the crazy hacks that I'm working on. I'm always tinkering and testing and trying to find a new way to optimize things. So uh, follow me there to check out uh, those new hacks that I'm coming up with.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Michael.
0: Big thanks to our sponsor today, Prezi Business. If you're tired of selling your customers using the same old slide decks, try Prezi Business, the engaging, interactive presentation platform that features built-in analytics, cloud-based collaboration tools, and the unique ability to adapt to the flow of the conversation. Perhaps it's time to update your marketing and your professional reputation with presentations that customers will actually enjoy. And remember... Go to prezi.com forward slash rocketship. That's P-R-E-Z-I.com forward slash rocket ship and get your slides Prezified today. If you're enjoying the show and enjoying this growth series, please subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at Rocketship FM. You can visit us online at rocketship.fm. You can follow me at Michael Saka, Joel at Joel Goldman, and Mike Belsito at Belsito. We'll see you back here in just a couple days.